0: And now, O Lord, help us so to hear your holy word that we may truly understand, that understanding we may believe, and believing we may follow in all faithfulness and obedience, seeking your honor and glory in all that we do, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our first lesson this morning is taken from the Old Testament Book of Psalms, and I shall share with you Psalm 32. Listen now for the Word of God. Happy are those whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Happy are those to whom the Lord imputes no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. While I kept silence, my body wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not hide my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt Of my sin therefore let all who are faithful offer prayer to you at a time of distress the rush of mighty waters shall not reach them you are a hiding place for me you preserve me from trouble and surround me with glad cries of deliverance I will instruct you and teach you the way you should go I will counsel you with my eye upon you Do not be like a horse or a mule without understanding, whose temper must be curbed with bit and bridle, else it will not stay near you. Many are the torments of the wicked, but steadfast love surrounds those who trust in the Lord. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice. O righteous, shout for joy, all you upright, in heart. And then this morning's second lesson is taken from Paul's second letter to the church at Corinth, chapter 5, beginning at verse 16 and continuing through the end of the chapter, verse 21. From now on, therefore, we regard no one from a human point of view, even though we once knew Christ from a human point of view. We know him no longer in that way. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. So we are ambassadors for Christ since God is making his appeal through us. We entreat you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts Be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Ernest Gordon's book entitled, Through the Valley of the Kauai, is a true story of life as it was in the prisoner of war camps along the river Kauai during World War II a spiritual adventure told by a man who lived it, a man who himself was a prisoner of war there for three and a half years, a man who personally experienced the horrors of such an existence and lived to tell about it. Ernest Gordon was a skeptic, a doubter, a non-believer when he was first captured and life in that prison camp was indescribably horrible. The prisoners of war were diseased, starved, tortured, and overworked. The guards murdered prisoners openly by bayoneting, shooting, drowning, or even decapitation. They murdered them by working them beyond human endurance starving them, torturing them, and denying them medical care. Needless to say, morale in the prisoner of war camp was very, very low. The prisoners felt defeated, afraid, and hopeless. And so they turned to religion. But it was the wrong kind. Their religion was selfish. Look, Lord, I'm in trouble here. I will speak well of you if you'll just get me out of this. Don't worry about the others, just help me. But when the crutch of selfish religion didn't work for them, then they just threw it away. And next they tried the law of the jungle, survival of the fittest, every man for himself. And so they stole from each other, they cheated each other, they cursed and they fought each other. The weak were trampled, the sick ignored and the dead forgotten. Hate for some was the only motivation for living. And then they moved on into despair and indifference. They allowed deadly snakes to crawl right over them. They didn't care. Death called to them from every direction. It was in the air they breathed. It was the topic of every conversation. It was easier to die than to live. But then, all of a sudden, everything changed. It turned completely around. Their despair gave way to hope. Their hatred was turned into love, and their curses were replaced by prayers. Their complete indifference became radiant faith. But how? What happened? What caused this miraculous transformation? Simply this, a new prisoner came into the camp, and his name was Dusty Taylor, Dusty Miller. And he came into that prison camp into that horrible existence as a Christian. And he just simply lived out his faith. He seemed to have the answer. Somehow Jesus Christ was in Dusty Miller. He radiated Christ and the Christian lifestyle. And every day he served God by serving his neighbors. He put others first. He shared his food and medicine. He cared for the sick and the injured, and each night, even though he too was exhausted, he made his way through the camp, checking on others, displaying the amazing quality of Christ-like love. His spirit was contagious, and others began to act like him, and the Christian faith spread through the camp like wildfire. Yes, the whole life of that prisoner of war camp was transformed. They helped one another. They cared for one another. They prayed for each other. They gave their lives for each other. And they even started a university in the prison camp, a library, a drama society, an orchestra, and they built a church in the jungle. All because one man, one man, began sharing his faith by living it. Now you may be wondering what happened to Ernest Gordon and Dusty Miller. Well, Ernest Gordon survived and he wrote the book, and then he was called to the ministry through that experience in Kauai, and he became the dean of the chapel at Princeton University. What happened to Dusty Miller? Well, the guards turned on him. They couldn't break him, and so they hated him. They despised his goodness and so they actually crucified him. Like his master, he died strung up to a tree. Now I believe this remarkable true story shows us dramatically what the Apostle Paul was talking about in his second letter to the church at Corinth when he said this, so we are ambassadors for Christ since God is making his appeal through us. Yes, he has entrusted to us the message of reconciliation and wants us to pass that on to others. We are called to be God's representatives, God's witnesses, God's light in this very dark world. Dusty Miller understood that and he lived it. The question is, how is it with us? What about our influence? How well do we represent God? How can we effectively share our faith with others? This morning I'd like to suggest three basic answers, reverently, relevantly, and redemptively. So let's take a look at these one at a time and see how we are doing as ambassadors for Jesus Christ. First of all, I say reverently, meaning the ambassador for Jesus Christ shares his or her faith with others reverently. That is, with reverence for God and with respect for others, with humility and with kindness. And I believe we have to be very careful to not be arrogant or presumptuous or obnoxious when we try to share our faith with others. I love this story. Have you heard about the little boy who was told to come home directly home from school, but every day he arrived home late, sometimes 10, 20, or 30 minutes late. And so one day his mother asked him about it And she said, look, son, you get out of school the same time every day. Why can't you get home at the same time? And he told his mom, he answered by saying, well, mom, it all depends on the cars. And she asked, well, what what do cars have to do with it? And the youngster explained, the safety patrol boy who takes us across the street makes us wait until some cars come along so he can stop them. Now I share that story because we can get so caught up in our own self-importance, can't we? And sometimes folks do that as they try to share their faith with others. They forget about reverence for God and respect for others. Let me show you what I mean. A very bright ministerial student was sent to be the pastor of a small, church out in the country, and he was offended. He felt that this small church was beneath him. Now, the Saturday morning before his very first Sunday service, an elderly church lay leader stopped by the church manse to visit with him, and this man asked that young pastor, do you have your sermon ready? And he answered, well, The sermon is the least of my worries. I'm well-trained and I'm not gonna need much preparation to preach to this very uneducated congregation. The lay leader smiled, he patted him on the shoulder and he said, well, I'll be there and I'll be rooting for you. And so the next day on Sunday morning, the young minister strode into the pulpit arrogantly pompously, and, and then two minutes into his sermon, he went blank. He stood there mortified, unable to speak, unable to say anything, and, and finally he lowered his head, he, he stammered out an apology, and he humbly walked out of the pulpit and out of the church. And he sat down under a tree in the little cemetery next to the church, head down, tears welling up in his eyes, but he just sat there in stunned silence. Suddenly, that same elderly lay leader sat down beside him, and the young pastor said to him, It was horrible, wasn't it? And he answered, Oh, it wasn't that bad. I I think that you have a wonderful future in the ministry. You are bright, talented, committed, well-educated. But you know what? I've been around a while, and if you'll let me, I'd like to make just one suggestion. And then he said to that young pastor, Every Sunday, if you could walk into the pulpit the way that you just walked out of it, everything will work out fine. So what was that old guy talking about? Humility, reverence, reverence for God, and respect for people. And that's the first thing that we need to remember when we start out to share our faith with others, to do it reverently. And then the second word that I would suggest to you is to do it relevantly. The ambassador for Jesus Christ shares his or her faith with others relevantly. And that word relevant means bearing upon or connected with the matter at hand. This means that we need to show people that the Christian faith can work for them now. It can touch their lives, it can change their lives, it can save their lives. And we're not just speaking high sounding words up in the air, we are sharing a savior A savior who can hear their cries, heal their hurts, calm their fears, and give meaning to their existence. Remember with me the story about the fifth grade Sunday school class learning a Bible memory verse. Now there were ten kids in this class, eight girls, two boys. And the verse that they had to memorize was the King James Version of Romans chapter 12, verses 17 and 21. It reads as follows, Recompense to no man evil for evil, but overcome evil with good. Well, the eight little girls in the class got that immediately, followed pretty quickly by one of the boys. And so nine of them had learned the verse and they had said it out loud, but the other boy couldn't say that word recompense. The other children began to laugh at him, tease him, and especially his little buddy who was seated beside him, elbowing him and calling him a dummy. And finally, that little boy, he closed his eyes tightly and with every ounce of energy within him, he painstakingly blurted it out, Recompense to no man evil for evil, but overcome evil with good. And then, without even stopping to catch his breath, he turned to his little buddy and he said, as soon as I get you out of the church, I'm gonna knock your block off. Which, of course, was a complete contradiction of what he had supposedly just learned. Friends, don't misunderstand me. I'm not against memorizing Bible verses. In fact, I'm very much for that. I'm simply saying that that needs to be relevant. It needs to be appropriated to our lives. It's more than words. It's meaning. And so when we share our Christian faith with others, we want to be very careful to do so reverently and relevantly. And then last of all, the word is redemptively. Yes, the ambassador for Jesus Christ shares his or her faith with others redemptively. That is, in a way that causes change to happen for the good. Dr. Fred Craddock tells about a family out for a drive on a beautiful Sunday afternoon. And all is going very nicely when suddenly the two little children in the back seat of the car begin to pound their father on the back. Daddy, daddy, stop the car. There's a kitten back there on the side of the road. And the father says, so? But daddy, if you don't stop and pick that kitten up, it's gonna die. Uh, Children, we don't have room for another animal. No more animals, be quiet children. And the kids in unison say, we never thought our daddy would be so mean and cruel as to let a little kitten die. Finally, the mother turns to her husband and says, dear, you're gonna have to back up, stop stop the car. And of course the father, he turns that car around and, and they return to rescue the kitten, which upon closer inspection appears thin, starving and infected with fleas. But when he reaches for the kitten, rather than being thankful, it lashes out and it scratches him. Finally, after some maneuvering, he catches the kitten, he brings it to the car, and he tells his kids not to touch it because it's probably diseased. But of course, the children, they hold the kitten, they stroke it, they talk to it, they sing to it. And when they get home, the children feed the kitten, they bathe the kitten, they fix it a comfortable bed, they give it some toys to play with, and they hug that kitten a lot. And so weeks go by, and then one night the father is sitting alone in the den reading a paper when something rubs against his leg and then jumps into his lap and curls up lovingly with him. And of course, it's the kitten. So the father reaches down to tenderly stroke the cat. But this time, the kitten does not hiss at him or scratches him. Instead, it purrs contentedly, and it snuggles down and falls asleep. Oh, wait a minute. Is this the same cat? In a way, no. It's not the scared and the injured creature from before. This cat has been changed. This cat has been redeemed. Now, what changed it? Simply love. And that's what love can do. And so friends, if you want to share your faith with others, that's how to do it. To do it with love. Yes, the ambassador for Jesus Christ shares his or her faith with others, shares that faith reverently, relevantly, and redemptively. And so I pray that God's spirit may guide us to be faithful witnesses whenever and wherever we are, we are to bring God's light to this dark world, ambassadors for Jesus Christ. Amen and amen.